So as we come together this morning to continue with our our last full day of practice together, maybe just noticing if there's a, a sense of, if you're arriving in the space with a sense of hurry to get on with my practice, just really giving yourself time to uh, open to, to acknowledge uh, the totality of your experience this morning. Opening to whatever's here right now. Welcoming the whole of yourself, the whole of your experience into this space. Maybe particularly noticing if there's anything here to appreciate this morning. Sense of gratitude for the place, appreciation for your own effort for this opportunity. And places in the body, in the heart, where there's a sense of ease, no sense of difficulty. And just allowing yourself to savor and experience appreciation, gratitude for anything that uh, is here to appreciate. And also seeing if there's anything that your heart would like to hear from you this morning. Some little word or um, intention of encouragement of appreciation. Coming from this intention to meet yourself with care. And maybe you want to offer yourself ease or peace. Sense that you're okay. So some people have asked about the practice of metta or loving kindness, uh, which is often done on retreats, is offered as a, as a separate form of meditation from uh, what we've been doing. But the way that we've been practicing on this retreat has really been to uh, suffuse what we're doing with this sense of kindness, with care. And we've been framing the days by um, starting with a sense of appreciation and gratitude and this, this practice of honoring what's worthy of honor, attuning our minds to what's uplifting and beautiful and to that which gives us a sense of confidence and faith. And we can do this, it's really helpful to remember to do this with each time we come and land on our cushion to to start with what uplifts us and also to establish this, this intention, this framework of, of goodwill and kindness because we can arrive on our cushion and, and kind of automatically sit down and uh, pick up the projects that we were doing that got interrupted by our last break or our last walking meditation and we're just back with our our project of trying to become a better meditator, to improve our samadhi, to learn to work with our discomfort in a way that's going to be more effective and kind of lose track of the, of the reason that we're doing any of this. Our whole practice is here as a, as a way to respond, to respond to... Um, the difficulties to the unsatisfactoriness that we encounter. So even things like the way that you you place your hands when you sit. We can use our hands as an expression of of care, of touch. And yet sometimes we just kind of, we we plonk them down as if our arms are somehow an irrelevance that needs to be just got out of the way neatly so we can get on with our meditation practice 
But whether your hands are in your lap or on your knees or wherever they are, suppose they were an expression of of care. What's the difference between uh, touching with care and just placing your hands out of the way? So sometimes when we practice metta, for example, we can or we can place a hand, we can actually choose to place a hand somewhere like on our heart or place both hands on our hearts. And we've done this in the Qigong practice. And just intentionally uh, use that to suggest, to send uh, this intention of metta or kindness to the body, to ourselves. So even as you sit to practice the, your vipassana or your samatha, there's this, this possibility exists to frame everything in this intention, to bathe it in this intention. So this morning I'm, I'm going to uh, offer s- some simple guidance in um, just a, one way that I like to uh, practice uh, metta in my meditation. But the practice of metta can be done in, in so many different ways. And I, I've, I've heard uh, something that I've liked that I've heard is that uh, practicing metta is like playing jazz. You, you need to learn to improvise and uh, find ways to make it your own and make it meaningful. So as I, as I guide the practice this morning, please feel free to riff off what I'm doing or to just tune out altogether and just uh, be with your, your experience, your breath, this moment in your own way. So this is just... Um, a flavor of one possible way of uh, generating more metta in the practice, bringing this intentional cultivation of metta into the practice. And metta is about, it's about setting an intention. You know, sometimes we have great feelings that go along with it, and sometimes there's not very much, and sometimes what it does is stir up, stir up the opposite kind of feelings. But uh, we're just coming back again and again to this intention and meeting whatever comes up as we do so with, uh, with this attitude of friendliness and welcoming. So just beginning by sitting in a way that's comfortable for you and bringing some attention to the body sense of care in how you set up your posture. Making space within the body. Letting it be held and supported by the earth beneath us. Maybe if you notice places of tightness or constriction, then allowing the breath to uh, open, to soothe these areas. And inviting tension to, to disperse with the out-breath. If, it, if it's ready to do so. And just letting your body be breathed. 
welcoming the breath as it comes in. Letting it release, soften, soothe as it goes out. Feeling how this breath nourishes and soothes the body. Feeling how the breath permeates not just the front of the body, but also the breath in the back of the body. the sides of the body. All the way out to the hands, the extremities of the body. Every cell of the body is soothed and nourished by the breath. And then as you breathe in, you might breathe in something good for yourself. So maybe whatever it is that your heart needs to hear this morning that's an expression of your kindness and care for this body-mind. So maybe a, a wish of ease, peace, of gladness. Sense of safety or well-being. So there might be a word or a, a phrase, even a simple phrase like, may I be well. What might just be a wordless intention of kindliness, of friendliness that you breathe in. And then as you breathe out, letting that suffuse permeate the whole body. So if you're dropping a pebble into a pond on the in-breath and on the out-breath, the ripples spread out throughout the whole body. So dropping in a kindly wish for yourself and then just letting it spread out and reverberate. Letting it be received in the depths of your being.
Just opening to whatever arises and allowing it all to be held in kindness. Refreshing the intention as you meet a new in-breath. Letting it spread and suffuse your being on the out-breath. Breathing in with this intention of kindness, of well-being. Of well-wishing for yourself. Breathing out. Allowing it to suffuse and ripple. the whole field of your experience.
And then you might breathe in this wish of kindness. And as you breathe out now, start sending it out beyond the body to the beings in front of you. this wish for well-being might change shape it might become something less specific simply a wish may you be well breathing it out to the beings in front to the beings on your right. The beings behind you. beings to your left. Beings above, beings below. So breathing in friendliness, goodwill, and breathing out, letting it extend beyond you in all directions. If specific beings come to mind, then you can send it out to them. just to all beings without exception in all directions. So breathing in something good for yourself. Breathing out. Sending this out to all beings. Breathing in for me, out for you. And finding a way to do this with the flow of your own breath. It may be that you want to slow it down and Spend a few breaths on me and a few breaths on you. Kindness for me, kindness for all beings in all directions.
tuning into the space of the heart and allowing whatever's there to be there. And from there, sending out this wish of friendliness. This intention of care in all directions. And if you want, you can focus a little more on yourself or more on others. Whatever you feel you need. And just allowing yourself and whatever comes to consciousness, whatever beings present them to present themselves to your awareness to be just all held together in this same field. Of metta, of kindness, of friendliness. It's welcoming, allowing whatever arises. Letting it all be 
suffused. Permeated. In this field of welcoming, of friendliness. Continuing to practice this way in silence.
May the blessings of our practice together be a cause and condition for the liberation from suffering of each of us and for all beings above, below, around and everywhere. Are there any questions this morning? Thank you. That's a very good question. So the, the, the question was about going back in, uh, out into the world and re-engaging particularly um, in a family situation where um, parents are getting old and uh, beginning to uh, need care. And also, but also there's a, a lot of complexity and hurt and possibly unskillfulness um, that... Uh, needs that we have a sense that we need to be protected from and we've been reflecting uh, daily on this this uh, the blessing of avo- avoiding um, th- those of foolish ways or invo- avoiding the unskillful and associating with the wise and of course we don't always have the so many options or freedom of choice about the situations that we move into or the the people that we that we need to be around and how to how to practice with all that so um this this uh, question of avoid avoiding avoiding people of foolish ways and associating with the the wise you know we we all of us are a mixture of all of these things and so it's not possible to uh, it, it wouldn't be possible to just just find a exclusively people who are going to uplift us, uh, situations that are going to be uh, safe. And so um, part of this is, is not so much about the individuals, but to really um, keep developing this discernment as to what is wise and uh, what is foolish. And so we, we, we don't take on what's, what is foolish or unskillful in the people that we associate with and we gravitate to, we notice, we acknowledge, and we, um, uh, what's the word? We, we, um, we kind of cultivate and encourage in ourselves and the people around us those, those behaviors, those attitudes, things that are skillful, so that we don't, um, you know, we don't have to uh, dismiss anyone. We can fix people as being 
this is a wise person, this is a foolish person, I need to avoid you, I don't need to avoid you, but we, we can't do that. It's about associating with the qualities of wholesomeness and so on. And then recognizing that there are situations that we go into that are um, not wholesome and not conducive and that we do sometimes need to find ways to create some space for ourselves within those situations. So especially when we, we need to be uh, in a role of a caregiver or something to, to find ways that we can actually uh, not overlook our own needs within that and, and that that's not selfish, that's skillful to actually um, create boundaries and create space for ourselves within it. And uh, one of the things Ajahn Sumedho used to say about parents is that uh, the greatest gift that we can give our parents is to stop creating them. You know, we, create, we create our parents as a certain image in my mind. I, when I argue with my mother in my meditation, I'm not arguing with my mother as she is now. I'm arguing with some construct of my mother as she's been in the past when she's disappointed me. And uh, if, we can, if we can see that and unplug from that, then that frees us up to meet the person who's actually here now. And that can be a lot easier than uh, trying to deal, negotiate and relate to um, you know, our, our memories of... of uh, people who have been difficult for us in the past does that give you something to go on Yeah, so this is a really important question that uh, imp- impacts all of us. Like that reflecting on um, uh, acting in ways, these, these two things in the, in the Mangala Sutta about acting in ways that harm no being and um, what's the other one? About the, what, hmm? Oh yes, acting in ways that cause, cause no blame. So... Um, First of all, you know, the precepts are um, there as a guide and as a protection for us. Um, and one of the blessings of really being as meticulous as we can with our, with our sila, with our, our precepts, is um, that we avoid uh, situations of, of blame and, and particularly self-blame. That actually um, we, it gives us a certain freedom, freedom from remorse about what we what we um what we've done and yet as you as you said we're we're also involved um there are many uh systems in operation in our society in our culture that are beyond our control that we or, or that we're participants in which are not totally within our control that are um, we can see are generating harm and suffering and how do we how do we respond to that what do we do with it and um, I think we need we need to take action where we can, and also to and to recognise that you know this that we do have a sense of responsibility for we're, we're part of a collective and uh, how we choose to participate in that actually impacts the whole. But also recognising the limitations of what we can do, so we we do what we can to raise our consciousness about the choices we make that are. Um, impacting impacting society impacting the environment and um, make skillful choices about how how to maybe change the way that we 
we participate, but also to um, not have unrealistic expectations. About. So, you know, I think uh, one of the things that appealed to me about being a nun was that I, I felt I could kind of step out of all of that, could step out of the capitalist capitalist society and uh, you know live lightly on the, on the environment, have minimal needs and so on. But actually, you know, even with within that form, you're still implicated, and you know, we, we're still being fed by people who are bringing food, who are supporting us, who have to participate in the system. It's not. We, we, we are in this. It's not possible to escape from it. You know, so we, we just do the best we can. And always coming back to, uh, you know, we cannot perfect this world of conditions, but we can uh, work to free our own hearts and therefore be the most um, beneficial influence on the world of conditions that it's possible to be. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm happy you asked that because I. I think I didn't explain myself clearly. So I imagine that you're not the only person who was confused by w- what I said. So, uh, what I. What I was hoping to say or meaning to say is that. Um, you know, it, I'm. It. I think it's very important that we do what we can, to. Uh, to change the behaviour that's driving us towards this this climate change precipice and that there we do have a sense of urgency and we bring to this and I'm really um, grateful to all those people who are joining the climate marches and so on tomorrow. But I sometimes feel that the way that uh, people engage with this is... Uh, with a, if, if there's no wisdom there, there's a sense that somehow, if only we could fix this thing, you know, everything would be all right. The, the, world, the world would be all right. And this is kind of the solution to everything. And so there, it, it gets infused with a kind of um, a, sen- a sense of uh, maybe anger or, or urgency that is coming from a place of, of fear like... It, it, the wish that this this is what's this is what's going to save me and we lose sight of the fact that actually um the condition of living beings is that we are we are all um subject to impermanence old age sickness and death that actually um we this this action that we take is it's not going to prevent we get, there's nothing that we can do to prevent these being the conditions of mortal life. And so um, that, and, and that, that, uh, the, the sense of equanimity, the sense that we, that we live in an uncontrollable world, even if there were no problem with climate change, we would all be, we would all be we're still subject to these conditions of old age, sickness and death. And actually, how do we free ourselves within that is uh, a question not to be lost sight of in, um, in our uh, actions to, to take care of, the, of the, um, the world of conditions. <laughs> so I'm still, you know, these, these are huge, huge and pressing questions that we're all grappling with. And I'm still uh, groping my way towards my own formulation and understanding of the situation but 
Yeah. I, when when I decided to uh, leave leave the monastery, I had I'd been a lawyer briefly before I uh, became a nun. And uh, Ajahn Sumedho said to me, "Well, what are you thinking of doing?" And at that point, I said, "Well, maybe I'll go into environmental law." And he said to me, "Well, you could do that, but in some ways, it's like um, putting a band-aid on the problem of uh, of freedom from the sense of the the Dharma perspective." Um, the freedom that we that we are looking for is is within. Which uh, doesn't mean that we don't do everything we can to alleviate suffering in the world, but not to confuse those two projects. So, <laughs> probably stirred up some thinking with this. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, but it's time for us to uh, end at this this point. So um, there's only really one announcement today: is that there, there's a new slight change to the schedule, schedule this afternoon. <laughs> uh, so please look at, look on the board out there. But the main the main thing to notice is that. Uh, there's uh, a session in here at 4.30 where the managers will do some announcements and things. And please, could you all attend the 4, 4.30 session in here? And there won't be any Qigong this afternoon, correct? Yeah. So, um, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, so there are some notes for some of you on the board. So please check because there's some um, meetings that will happen quite soon after this. So please check the notice board for notes as well. And have a very good day of practice. Remember, you're still here and enjoy being here.